Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight and joining me from across the pond, uh, I'd like this man to stalk me to Italy as well, I guess. It's John Burke from BurkeReviews.com. How are you, sir? I'm equal. Ah, I like you. If I was... Oh, God. what? what, Listen... I need to start writing down these film-related puns because I equal. What would you be to be the equaliser? We'll find uh, anyone answers on a postcard or in the comments below, please. But yes, should start scripting these awful movie-based puns, which which uh, inform everybody what we're talking about. As if the uh, episode title didn't. You probably yeah. know what we're talking about this week. But uh, before we get to that, though, um, I must know, my friend, it's good to hear your voice again. Uh, same time again each week, but I love hearing it. How are you doing? Are you keeping Florida safe and well? I am doing my best. Uh, I am a little sleepy, but like in a good way, you know, but I definitely I'm like, man, a nap. I don't need a nap. Do I need a nap? Maybe. I, no. Nap. Maybe. I don't know. Um, could well, go for another for cup of coffee. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm i a little sleepy, but otherwise good. I mean, I am. Uh, feeling a little bit um, of pressure off and it's nice good good well i know we're going to get to that so i won't press you on that anymore my friend i will leave the uh the tension hanging there a bit longer but i'm glad to hear you're okay my friend we're always up for another coffee psl season has started pumpkin spice latte season has started it's uh the nights are getting darker they're drawing in the spooks are getting ready to come out not quite yet though because it's still almost 80 degrees here at 20 to 10 in the evening in the uk (gasps) what is that all about i don't want to know but uh, i'm sweating here for the bamp but i'll do anything for you guys and i would do that another thing i did do this week john is watch tonight's film now uh if you're new to the bamp each week we drop a non-spoiler review of the biggest or most interesting or only release of the week uh, and we give our thoughts and opinions on it and drop a short spoiler minisode in the following days and generally we don't tell each other our thoughts beforehand and tonight's film is a, is one that i have no idea what jb thought coming out of it now going into it i think we both had similar similar thoughts of which all started with a sigh and ended with a sigh uh, but i'm very interested to see what you thought about tonight's film which is the equalizer three the third and apparently final part of the robert yeah. mccall trilogy uh, apparently uh it's directed once again by antoine fuqua and written by richard wenk who has written the all of the trilogy now uh, as, uh alongside michael sloan and richard lindheim and of course john of course it stars denzel washington as robert mccall cool in name cool in nature um dakota fanning uh, is is back as emma collins and then we have Eugenio Mastrandia, David Denman, Gaia Scodelaro, Remo Gironi, Andrea Scarduzio, and Andrea Dodero uh, as our yes. secondary cast as well. My Italian lessons should have come in a little bit better then, but alas, sorry. Um, what is it about, John? The film Robert McCall, which is Denzel Washington, finds himself at home in southern Italy but he discovers his friends are under the control of local crime bosses. Don't we all? As events turn deadly, McCall knows what he has to do. Become his friend's protector (laughs) by taking on the mafia. Yes. So Robert McCall is now he's, uh, well, we'll get to this. He's now taking on the mafia though. How well is it doing with the fans and critics? Equalizer one seemed to do quite well with fans and critics. The second one, not so much this one though on Rotten Tomatoes currently sitting at 76 percent 
with critics, quite a good score, and 94% with the fans. Uh, Metacritic has it at 57, IMDb 7.1 out of 10, and Letterboxd 3.1 out of 5. Uh, and if you've been looking at the news today, it, hopefully those those 12 people who are offered $50 to review a film five years ago didn't review this as well, but it's all hoopla. Um, so Equalizer, uh, top level then, my thoughts on the first two films. First film I think is pretty solid. I think the first one's pretty good. Um, it's Denzel as an action star. I like it. It's fine. Second one I think is nonsense. I think it's nonsensical. Uh, I just think they just, they wanted to make a film and then when they got to shooting thought, oh no, we haven't written a script or we don't even have a plot. Do do, do something. Uh, and then we get to this one. But Equalizer and Equalizer 2, JB, what are your thoughts on the first two installments? Pretty much exactly the same. The first one is really, uh, I, I had not seen it when it came out. Like I saw it the year that two came out. Like I watched it in preparation to watch two. Um, and I liked one enough that I was like, I went into two kind of excited. We forget. I think that Pedro Pascal is the villain. Um, I did forget. And, uh, which is a shame because it's like, he was, I thought he was still good in it, but it goes real off the rails in that movie. Um, uh, hurricane is the third act and it's, it's preposterous. Um, Stupid. still it's Denzel. <laughs> you still, it's hard to not enjoy Denzel being Denzel. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I haven't seen the second one and I, man, I feel like this movie wanted us to remember things about the character that I definitely don't. Um, I remember nothing about a second film. Clearly a fun thing about this being the third film, uh, yes. two fun things. I think one, I had a, a older lady in the theater that I saw this in stop oh, me after the movie and asked me if it was a, uh, a sequel. And I'm like, I'm just Aww. thinking, like, it's it's got three in the title. I don't know. It's very sweet, isn't it? <laughs> it, it doesn't inherently mean it's the third one, but the way the three is placed in the title definitely seems to imply it. But I yes. was, you know, I kind of answered, yeah, it's, it's the third one, actually. Um, what a kind young then, man you are, John. Yeah, you know, um, the, the sad thing, I don't know how much older she actually is to me at this point. It's one of those things, in my head, I'm always like, well, they're older, but it's like, she's, I'm eight years older than you, youngin. I'm like, oh, no, uh, I have no idea, but um, the other thing, though, is that you, you mentioned, I think, in the tagline that this is the final one. Apparently so. I don't think the movie knows that. Like, the movie, the movie does, does not seem that. like it's ending this uh, this film. In fact, I heard Ant- – I saw an interview. I didn't hear him. I saw that he was talking about doing a prequel with de-aging tech on, on Denzel. Like, he's – Antoine Fuqua is not done maybe the studios are but no, i mean i mean to be well look i mean before we get into the film it's it's made nearly 70 million dollars worldwide already it's only been out mm-hmm. for five days so it's doing good money um and i've i'd heard those rumors as well i'd heard uh, on one hand fuqua said this is you know this is it unless denzel wants to come back and do another one then who am i to turn down denzel and who are any of us but yeah i'd also heard that he would be interested in the prequel with the de-age tech, which is a big no-no because you cannot uh, maintain that level of de-aging for a two-hour film or an hour and 40 minutes. You just can't. The, the, the budget would be astronomical for a film like this. and Or, or having Michael B. Jordan or uh, David Washington in the role, uh, obviously uh, Denzel's son, John David Washington. I mean, that, that could be interesting. But, you know, regardless of my thoughts on this film, I'm still not interested in... A, a prequel to it it's yeah it, it comes down to i'm sure that the i'm sure that fuqua and um the the writer of this uh who's that richard wink 
who's again written all three films i'm sure they they like being in this world i'm sure they'd love to come up with more stories but you know it, it's box office studio it's demand can they be putting their resources better now that is the question that comes up would it be worth just writing prequel books that tie into the novels and if people really want to see read them then they can do i don't know but um yeah they, they do want to continue this but it, it seems to way of any mildly successful action franchise in the wake of john wick and it's i mean to be fair i mean action franchises for decades have been um ongoing sagas we look at rocky and all those not rocky sorry Ram- and rocky rambo and all these other things you, you're into like fifth sixth seventh installment and then you've got the b movies which go into their teens so it's nothing new but the equalizer three then john is it worthy of us of another film and like you say does it actually wrap things up at all um what i will say up top is this film is better than the second one i, I will comfortably say now this film is better than the second one which was like i said i really didn't like it i think the film it it doesn't bypass that second one but it nods a bit more to the first one i think anyway um and it's it's fine john it's 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 fine it's it's tolerable i didn't hate the film i didn't dislike it i, I did get a bit bored watching it because if you're going expecting a straight up action film like a full throttle action film like we've been we've seen recently with the john wick films and with things like nobody and stuff in recent years you ain't gonna get you're not gonna get that that's not what this film is surprisingly it, it, it kicks off with a bang it starts off like he throws you right into this middle of his set piece and then for an hour film that's an hour and 45 minutes i want to say for at least four, half of that maybe maybe more it is quite a, you know the pacing slows down we spend more time mm-hmm. with uh richard mccall he, like we said, like the synopsis said, he's he's now in Italy. He something happens at the beginning of the film, and he's like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I, I, things happen, and he he contemplates things, and in the end, he he goes across the water and lives in this new town. This 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 uh, small town, sorry. Uh, and whilst he is there, he kind of grows fond of the town and the town's folk, and we get a lot of time just with Robert McCall. Sorry, not Richard Robert McCall, you know, walking around very slowly, talking to the. Uh, townsfolk of all ages and getting to know them it takes its time and something i've been critical of films like this for is that you go gung-ho with the action the spectacle and the the cool set pieces but you don't give us time with the characters the problem here is they gave us time with the characters and i just didn't really buy it i wasn't emotionally invested in any of them so i was kind of thinking hurry up (laughs) come on Uh, but then when you get to the second half then it goes a bit balls to the wall and this film is very violent this is much mm-hmm. more violent, I think. I think, anyway, from what I could remember, it's more violent than right. the other two films. And Fuqua doesn't hold back. Um, there is a uh, a kind of vibe of horror through this in the way that McCall is is presented, like he's, he stalks people in the dark and in shadows, and he's just there, he's like a slasher. And his method, Batman. Kill- oh, Batman, yes. And his methods of killing are. I mean, my man. There's nothing my man won't use to kill you, and there's no, and there's nothing. There's nowhere he won't shoot you as well, which is, in, which is uh, hilarious. But um, it's it is violent, it's gorier than I thought it was going to be. You know, the killings are brutal, and you you linger on them, you see them. It's not you don't really cut away. I mean, it's broken bones and lots of blood. It's more heavier than I thought it was going to be in in that section. But the problem is, the villains aren't exciting. The you know what they do is despicable, and like some of the things that they do isn't good. But yeah. the actual villains themselves, I don't. I'm not bothered by by what they what they're doing. Do I want them to meet their end? Of course I do. And 
uh, Robin McCall, Denzel was more than happily to relish giving it to them. But yeah, I wasn't really, I wasn't bothered by them. Of course, the dialogue's awful. We don't need me telling me that dialogue's terrible. Um, Denzel was always so watchable. De- I love Denzel. I don't know anyone who doesn't. Denzel was just so charming, yeah. effortlessly watchable. He elevates these films more than they should have any right to. Um, uh, though you could argue that maybe he's kind of coasting a little bit in this one. I don't know, but uh, I thought he's very watchable. I thought he's very good in it. Um, and the film, I think, does what it does get right is from a technical side of it, it looks very, very good. I mean, when when Robert Richardson, who is a uh, Oscar winning cinematographer, when he when Fuqua said to him, "Here's a camera. Here is Southern Italy. Here's the Amalfi Coast. Here's Naples, and here's Rome." try not to make it look bad. And he was like, do you know what? I'm going to make it look incredible. And he really, really did. It's like, the film looks great. There's lots of wide shots and lots of panoramic food, uh, shots being used. You really get the scope and the beauty of this part of the world. And when uh, Robert McCall is hanging out in the uh, in the town, it looks great. And I believe Fuqua said that a lot of the people on set actually live in the town. So it was a very kind of personal, intimate vibe, which he said was pretty cool with um filming which is why denzel was such a laid-back vibe with them because they just live there and he's just chilling with them so it looks great uh some of the action is good i'm not don't get me wrong it's not like the action's boring or not great like some of the action some of the killing if i could say be so bold they're well done it's, you know they're in- interesting to watch and uh satisfying at times but jb yeah, like, this story didn't bother me like the, the and by the time i got to the end it's kind of eye rolling bit at the end i was like guys come on i've no time for this it's uh, uh it that kind of lost me a little bit. It wasn't a film that ever, ever really sucked me in. I thought it's fine. I thought it looked good. Denzel is, is wonderful as ever, even if maybe he isn't given his, all his entire see here. There's a little bit less cliche here in terms of the whole stopwatch thing, which the um, franchise is, is known for, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot bloodier. It's a lot bloodier. And uh, it's not quite the kill fest that I thought it would be. It is more about, the characters, but don't get me wrong, it is probably the most brutal of all three of them. But it's a film. It's you know, it's talking about past trauma, uh, where it's talking about justice and how Robert McCall can find the balance here. And it's also a man who's kind of thinking, you know what? Not sh- I- I'm done with this life. I don't, you know, I, he, he doesn't find he doesn't find violence. It, you know, doesn't want it to find him, or he wants to be done with this world, and he realizes that. So there, there's a bit of reflection going on as well, but you know, tell that to him when he's absolutely mutilating people. But I thought it's yeah. okay, JB. I, I, I thought this was going to be awful. I thought it was going to be like excruciating. It wasn't. Thankfully, it's only an hour and forty something minutes, and not two and a half. That worked in its favour, even if it was very slow, very uh, methodically paced, shall we say? But didn't dislike it, JB. I middle of the road for me, straight down to kind of two and a half out of five, maybe, but. Uh, I did expect worse, so I was surprised in that sense. But I'm interested now, Jay, because I have no idea what you thought about this film. Please tell me. I mean, a lot of the same thoughts that you had. Um, Man. Like, there are storylines in this that feel so unnecessary by the end of them. Like, while they're happening, they're kind of compelling. I Maybe, like, those things a little more, I was kind of intrigued. I'm like, oh, why is Dakota Fanning here? Why did he make this phone call? Why is he in... Italy, which is the question that he starts off with, right? Like, that's why are you, you here? Like, how know, did Tom. you find me? Don't need to know. That's why. <laughs> yeah. And 
all of those things do not culminate to feeling like they ever matter. And we won't say what they, how they culminate or what they are, but I feel like none of the story elements or the story threads, some of which we spend a lot of time with don't really pay off in any kind of significant way that felt satisfying. And and I, I didn't feel disconnected at first, but over time I'm like, well, that seems dumb. Or like there's a part where Dakota Fanning's character says something. uh, And I'm like, first of all, why is that guy here right now? Because earlier he was somewhere in another part of the country. I don't know how he could be here that fast. And then like second, like she says like, Oh, I did this. I'm like, no, you didn't though. You you didn't do that. Like you you outright didn't do the thing you just said you did at all. Like you don't deserve any accolades or credit. Like nothing that you've done actually has any impact on anything we've seen. Um, And that kind of is where the movie really loses me uh, the most. Mm -hmm. Um, I was surprised that we got this kind of slow burn character yeah. study with this film, but I not appreciate in a bad that, way. Even if it was, even yeah. if it didn't work fully for me. And that's, I feel like if you're going to do that, you really got to sell the story. And I think that's where the movie really crashes and burns is that it, it sets up potential story. We have all these characters, all these uh, intimate kind of situations, the cafe owner, there, she immediately like denies his tea and gives him a, a cappuccino. But then mm-hmm. later she gives him the tea and there's no real explanation to why her attitude changed. Um, and then over time we see them start to have a bit of a relationship, but it's still like, it's like, well, that first thing made no sense still like, cause he gets tea every other time. And then I couldn't remember if he was OCD in the old, in the other movies or not. Cause he's like setting down napkins and he's like very particular and he has his own spoon and I'm like, was that a thing? And I just forgot, which is definitely possible. 100% possible that I just forgot. But Don't remember. I know he was very kind of, you know, he had his stopwatch and it was all lot, yeah. a lot of that going on. And He's he did say there was a time-related quote in this, which I think is in the trailer anyway. But um, I don't remember his OCD, though. Probably was. I mean, yeah, it probably was, to be fair. It's one of those quirky character things, probably. He says here that he's neat, but like the, the having his own spoon is like, no, no. I've seen as good as it gets. And granted, that's not an accurate portrayal of, of OCD in most cases. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. it's the very Hollywood version of the of that yes. disorder. So, um, but I did like the performances. I'm loving that this movie's getting memed. I don't know if you've been seeing it, but like him dunking the tea bag and saying, "I don't want to ruin the surprise," is oh, like I a meme. Seen those memes. And I was baffled. I'm like, who else saw this movie enough to... Because, like, the audience for this is an older crowd. 100%. So they, they don't seem like they'd be making the memes. So I'm like, what is happening? And then I think it's got one of the other uh, moments. I'm not going to remember which one now. But I was like, it's weird that these are getting made. It's probably... Honestly, it's probably the studio making them. Because they're like, please see our movie, young people. <laughs> but Morbius um, all over again. Like, And there's some weird choices. Uh, the, the biker gang that is apparently part of like this new edgier version of the mafia um their their score is ridiculous like it is so intense like they're just like it's video of them riding through the city and it's just like the most intense score ever and i'm like calm down composer uh it, it was a lot there in in a way that kind of made me laugh which there's a few moments that i think they go way too extreme where it doesn't feel like it's the same movie that i remember the other right. ones being but then I remember there was a hurricane in the second one. So maybe I'm just misreading what this movie is supposed to be. It, it does have a comic booky kind of vibe 
to it. It's very grounded in reality. The kills are brutal in this. Um, but also like they set up silly things. And I do think the, the villain gets real cartoony towards the end of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's always extreme, but like the way he reacts to stuff in the third act is like over the top and, and goofy to me. Not, not at all the menacing figure that he paints earlier in the film. Um, and like, again, there's so many story threads that I feel like don't really get fleshed out enough to matter. Um, but, but it's Denzel, man, it's still watchable. And that's the thing. Cause like you said, I definitely went into this thinking, Oh God, this is going to be absolute trash. Um, especially cause the second one, I was into the second one for like the first half. And then by the end, I was like, please freaking end this movie. I am so done with this. Um, where this one, I was like, I'm done with this, but I'm most, I'm not mad. I'm just like, you could have ended this better. Like we, we've got some good setup here. You had some interesting, compelling elements. Um, the things that come back at the end are, are, are real not good it a lot of it does feel stitched at like what's what's that answer oh here here's our solution um but yeah overall it's it's much more watchable than i had anticipated and again denzel is is being denzel and i, I like him so um yeah on, on the note of it being for an older audience it absolutely is um i'm oh. really interested to see what they think about the portrayal of denzel because he has you know not oh, sorry of mccall because he has changed over time. Now, from in in the Equalizer, he was you know he's a lot calmer, and now he's just rampaging through blood and guts. It is a it is a change in the character, like quite viciously. Excuse the pun. No, don't excuse the pun. But it, I, I do wonder what the people who kind of grown up with these films, if you could say so, think about that. Because it is it does feel at times like a bit of a different character, and you do you do often think sometimes I did anyway, like. This is a good guy. He's absolutely just mutilating people. Like, well, kind of making you have split loyalties. I didn't want. I didn't at all think I wanted the mafia to win. But like this guy is an absolute nutcase. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, it's, I, course, I need to see the memes though. I need to see those, John. Yeah, I'll have to try to find a couple. Um, uh, side note, without getting into specifics, but uh, oh, yeah. you mentioned the mafia, but they definitely um, reference some major mafia movies from the past in in a few sequences that I'll talk about in spoilers if we. If we are doing spoilers, uh, yeah, we probably we probably probably should do just so we can mention at least a bit of the gore. But um, if you if you if you know that spoiler minisodes, do about ten minutes, and we usually blast through the stuff we couldn't speak about now uh, on this on a show like this, which is non-spoiler. But um, yeah, well, it seems like we both were pleasantly satisfied with the fact that it wasn't awful, rather than the film actually being particularly good. But um, question and JB to, to wrap it up from my side is if one of if somebody came up to you and said john i've got 10 bucks i wish i got you into the cinema i want to go see the equalizer 3 it's the only film i want to see would you recommend it what are you saying would you recommend this to uh somebody out there who who, who, who uh likes action films or just wants to go and check out a film Ooh. that's that I, I would definitely give a very big caveat if they are expecting it to feel like a john wick movie because while the action yeah. is visceral it is what like there's like three sequences max um uh, yeah I and so. a, a few a few other little things but there's like three main action sequences which, which are not bad no no but they're infrequent by comparison to uh, the very long character study elements of the film so i would i would say like it's not going to be action-packed from wall to wall but the action scenes i think are good mm -hmm. yes so i, I think was, uh, yeah give a caveat so, okay i think yeah, i think robert richardson uh he he frames 
Washington very well in those scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, okay, yes, I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence whether or not. I mean, if it's only what's one of the only films out this week, so yeah, go check it out. But um, it, it, you may not be as blown away as you thought you would be going into it. Still, it's better than most of Liam Neeson's recent action flicks. So yeah, that is our non-spoiler review of the Equalizer Three. We'll be giving a few thoughts uh, in the couple of days with our spoilers. So let's move on then, JB, to our next scheduled head uh, headline section. I'm getting myself in a tizzy there. Our next section, which we call Chuffed Headlines. Here, John and myself, we take a movie or pop culture news headline that caught our attention for any reason and we share it with each other and the world. John, what have you gone for this week? So I went um, kind of following up from last week. uh, And I stole it from you, I assume, is that Exorcist Mm. Believer, which was set to come out on what, October 13th? Yes, has sir. moved up a week. Friday the thirteenth, yep. Because it was afraid of the eras. <laughs> if you haven't heard, folks, Swift exit. Taylor, yes, Taylor Swift's Eras tour is going to have a, a cinematic release. Um, a concert movie getting a, thin, a cinematic release does not happen nearly often enough, in my opinion, because um, often they're pretty Thanks, awesome, yeah. and I'd love to see them on a big screen, and especially. I didn't get to go to the era store, so I'm pretty hyped to see this. Um, but it it was it's pretty wild to see uh, a big movie um, push their their date up because of this. Like they're intimidated by the the box office uh, potential numbers being you know ruined, and people were shocked when it was announced, and then it was even more shocking when they reacted and moved it forward. Um, which I guess was their original release date, and then they had pushed it back at some point. Um, from my understanding, I could be misreading something, but uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny because <laughs> I don't know how much of a crossover there is. But uh, you know, we get to see Believer a week early now. I guess is the way to look at it. What do you think, Matt? Well, the pa- the power of Christ clearly compelled them. Um, Pazuzu was just thought, you know what? I don't fancy that fight. I don't. F- <laughs> Taylor can win that one. See, I think I'm one of the only people in the world who hasn't been swept up in the in the swiftiness of all. Nothing against Taylor Swift. I think she's a. I believe she's a force for good, other than uh, the whole climate change and flying around the world in private jets, uh, flying around the country and all that. But we'll leave that for another show. But as far as I'm aware, she's a good person. So good on you i'm just not the biggest fan of the music my daughter seems to quite like her though so win-win but um i obviously but i'm not stupid i'm aware of the pull that swift has and of course her rabid fans the swifties um and there will be a clamor for to see this and, and it will be because of what you've just said jb you you haven't been able to see it i know people in my life who have tried to get tickets to this tour in the UK or Europe where, or and America and just could not. They were on, they had phones, tablets, laptops, de- de- desktop, P- everything on to try and get damn tickets and no way. They just couldn't get them. These things went like, well, what's, what's, what's rarer than gold dust. They went quicker than that. So there'll be people who want to go to this to at least feel like they've been part of the experience. And I was initially worried because I text because when JB texted me this, I thought, Oh Christ, you've got the sequel or legacy sequel to uh, one of the biggest films of all time in terms of box office and legacy and impact. And they're chatting, they're moving it. What does that say about the quality mm-hmm. of the film? You know, I, I'd want to be able to think that they could, the universal and Blumhouse could look at it and think, no, no, we're confident enough in what we have that we don't care. This is our week and we are going to, 
we're going to rule the week. We've possessed it. But clearly they've thought that our best chance of making the most money is to move it and not get overshadowed by what is essentially a pre-recorded gig. Uh, but fine, we get to see it a week earlier, JB. So, but you know, it's, it's business at the end of the day. It's, it's business. Can they make more money by moving it a week earlier? More than likely, yes. Therefore, they're going to do it. And in this climate where studios are hemorrhaging money because they can't pay their workers and staff properly, they need to recoup as much as possible. And it also could be that the film wasn't great. Though that said, JB, I don't know if you saw the second trailer, which came out uh, this week. It came out of nowhere, really, because I, I, I was at work and I'd logged on to social media in my uh, lunch break at four o'clock in the afternoon and um i saw there was a new trailer so i didn't watch it. i watched it when i got home on the big screen but it sort of came out of nowhere and the film comes out in a month's time now uh i don't know if you saw i watched it though jb and i thought the second trailer is actually pretty good uh as somebody who was a little bit anxious after the first one because it looked a bit vanilla a bit generic this one looks a little bit better now this one's got me a little bit more excited they're showing a bit more of the stuff i want to see even though they've still got some of the tropey things um you've still got you still got the, the bit there's a bit of pea soup in there which i was kind of hope they wouldn't do that but you see it very briefly if you blink and you miss it um i got to hear the demon's voice or at least one of them and i thought okay that sounds much better than i thought it was i thought it's just going to be one of those kind of computerized ones but no one of them sounds quite good actually uh ellen burston she's in it i hope she makes it through because i love ellen burston i hope they don't just bring her back for a cheap kind of knockoff uh and the vibe and the intensity just felt a bit better it does of course it's not ever going to top the original not many lego sequels will do but the second trailer was a lot more reassuring to me that this could at least be a good horror film or a good exorcism film uh, which ties into the exorcist we'll see though it could end up being absolute garbage jb and i think if i if you ask me now to put a dollar on which one i think is going to fall on i still think it's going to be the thumbs down in terms of <laughs> overall wasn't going to be any good but the second trailer has given me a lot of hope i actually thought it was very good um did you see the second trailer at all jb did the power of christ compare you i saw your reaction to it and uh that was um i saw like a bit of the clip but i I think i was still at work when i was looking at it so i couldn't like really watch it i've not followed up with it yet but uh you know i might uh seek it out i I, sometimes I don't know if the second trailer is what I just saw in theaters. Like when I saw Equalizer three, there was the exorcism exorcist trailer. And I wasn't sure if that was the new one huh. or if that was the first one. Um, so like, I'm always uncertain because a lot of times they'll release it on YouTube after they release it on good in the big screens. So I, I hadn't this followed was up yesterday though. I think yesterday was when it dropped everywhere, I think, and including mm. in theaters. So then it doesn't seem like it. So I'll have to, I'll have to seek it out, but I, mean, I don't know. I'm not as excited in general. Uh, da- David is David Gordon green, right? Uh-huh. Oh, that's the pot that scares me more than the film. Yes. Yeah. After Halloween ends and kills, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't trust anything you do anymore. So <laughs> it's uh, funny because Halloween ends, you know, what a risk to do that. It's just a shame. It's yeah. bloody awful, which is the shame because, it could have just been Laurie versus Michael, which is what people wanted, but they thought, well, let's, let's do something different. Let's try and be a bit more elevated of what we do. It was just not very good in my opinion. Yeah. But, um, I, I'm yeah. all for like, you know, changing. I don't know. I feel like if you set it up, especially when you do three movies, God, yes. like you shouldn't throw a complete 180 curveball in the, 
in the third film, and, and especially if it's not going to do something incredible, you know, like and it wasn't to me. But good point. Well, the trailer still the trailer feels like a Gordon Green film in the sense that I, I mean, I like I think it's I, I like the way his films look generally. I think he's you know good good visual filmmaker. Yeah. So it uh, so they don't look bad, but I mean, you're not going to go into. I don't think you're going to come out of him being like, God damn. I think I've just seen the, I've just had an epiphany of the second coming or anything like that. I think compare it to the first trailer. I was like, okay, well, this is more like it. This is what they should have released in the first one to get people a little bit more excited. Cause I think the first one had some, that, that the church scene was daft and a couple of other things. Like, I don't need that kind of crap. The second one feels a little bit tighter and a bit more focused, but you might watch it still JB and think, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's it doesn't look great, but I think it was better. Well, I have to check it out. What was uh? What was your headline this week? Since I stole the one you my, would have had. Yeah, I know you. My one is. You know, I didn't really have one this week. I mean, one of the ones I was going to say was the was the whole RT scandal which dropped today. But then I thought, you know, it's, it, it for as far as I'm concerned, it's much of a nothing story. Um, so I stuck with the one I went for originally, which is actually a bit of fun. But I wanted to get your thoughts on it, JB. I'm going to blast through this so, because it, I don't want to be in too long on it. But it's from uh, the guys at Screen Rant by Cathal Gunning. It was published nine hours ago, apparently. Uh, John, they said they've got eight Top Gun details that prove Maverick is actually dead in the 2022 sequel. John, he's gone. He's dead. One Top Gun Maverick fan theory claims Tom Cruise's anti-hero was dead for most of the sequel, and they say there's a surprising amount of evidence to back it. Firstly, John, when you watch Top Gun Maverick, did you at any point think, this guy's dead? No. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. I, I used to like stuff like this, and now I find it just ridiculous. It's like, come on, like we gotta it's stop. So loose. It's horribly well, it's, screen rant. They are very, very guilty of this. We know. We we know that on mm-hmm. this show. It to me, it's just like let the movie be the movie. If the movie wanted us to think the character was dead, they would have done something in the film to really make that a thing. Like it's not, it's not like at the end of the film, there's like a, a, it cuts back to the beginning of the movie and you see him, you know, he never actually, well, I'm guessing it's that the, the first uh, plane he's in blows up and that the claim um, is that he never parachutes in. Yes. So uh, the first part is that we're in the beginning, he's in that Mac 10 plane. They're doing a test flight. Yeah. And they're saying that, they say, well, look, it's a pretty fair guess that ejecting at Mach 10 is basically a death sentence. They do also say, well, maybe he had a special like escape pod, but they're saying the theory begins that when he, when he uh, ejected, he dies because it probably would absolutely eviscerate you. But, um, and then they say he looked a little bit dusty after his landing. He, he knows there's no broken bones. This is the first clue to his potential fate. Um, and then again, I'll blast through these. And the next one is they're saying he's when, when he's speaking to Iceman in that beautifully emotional scene with Val mm-hmm. Kilmer and Va- and Iceman says to um, Maverick, look, you just got to let go of the guilt and trauma that carry carries you with can you carry with him. The theory says that Iceman's saying, look, let go of all your guilt and you can come to the afterlife. Uh, part six, they're talking about rooster being so similar to goose. Um, that it's actually Tom Cruise uh, projecting his life in these new students, um, which is, uh, again, a bit of a stretch. Uh, the next one, uh, the apparently explains the mission. The uh, Maverick is the only one who can fly the mission, even though he's only 
hired to teach the recruits to fly and it never tells you what mission what country the mission takes place in or what war is a part of uh, and also they're like they say that because of his illegal test run he should have been kicked out but nope he's he was he wasn't kicked out you know he was you know the fantasy in his mind was uh keeping us going the next one is penny who's played by jennifer connelly they said the love try the love interest there it's it feels really pure and very very silky and it feels more like a dying man's dream than a fully rounded human uh three more the hangman and rooster rivalry is strikingly similar to the dynamic between maverick and iceman uh, this could be because the character only exists in Maverick's mind and the dynamic is built on his memories of uh, him and Iceman. Yep, second one. Now now, we, now we're pivoting. They're saying, actually, do you know what? The dying dream may have started later. It may have actually been when he, when he apparently sacrifices himself to save Rooster. They're saying that that's what happens because after that, when they crash in the snow and the Tomcat managed to evade fifth-generation fighters is so unbelievable to be it can't be true that it's all part of his fantasy and then the final one this is ridiculous <laughs> the final theory is maverick might not have died in top gun maverick's fan theory instead he was just in a coma and it turns out that in top gun 3 would be none of top gun maverick actually happened because he dreamt it all up it was a it was a patrick duffy in the shower moment or whatever it is a dallas Ew. in the shower moment basically it's a load of old sh- rubbish rubbish sorry a lot of old rubbish uh, but i wanted to run it past you jb to see any of those things you're hearing there for a film which grossed over well over a billion and a half was it all rubbish was it all a figment of maverick's dying dream none of that convinces me whatsoever um that's not not in the text of the film it's in yeah they're they're reaching through it but man it's if, if they dropped top gun three and said and you saw maverick waking up in a from a coma and saying i've been out for the last five years what happened uh and it turns out that nothing none of the f- events of maverick happened what would your reaction in the theater be obviously this is all hypothetical and just a bit of fun but if, if it was all a dream i mean i would be so angry i think uh like the idea of pulling it's not a twist to pull the rug out from under people uh, we've obviously seen things retconned I don't know that like, why would you retcon Maverick? Like it, it, it wouldn't make any sense. Um, man, I just, I can't imagine a world where that happens. Like, especially <laughs> not with Maverick doing what it did. Like, yeah. Cause this, I mean, studios are dumb. They've proven that, yeah. but like, they can't be that dumb where they're like, Oh, you know, what would make everyone real happy and pay money to see the third one. What if we pretended the second one that they loved wasn't real? Like, no way. That's just the best picture nominated film as well. And yeah. all the other things didn't happen. Yeah, of course it would never happen, but uh, it's sometimes fun to entertain the ludicrous on this show. And uh, yeah, none of yeah. that. I mean, it, it, that, that, it's fun. It's a fun conspiracy theory that if, if you, if you do believe in it, that's cool. Actually, if you do let us know why, and if there's any other theories like that that you relate to but sometimes it can be fun and there are some i can't name you off the top of my head but there yeah. are some of these kind of fan theories which you look at and think oh actually that's that's not bad and sometimes even the director will wade in to think not a bad idea actually this isn't no, one of them there are a lot of pixar ones that i feel like are grounded yes. in some fun but i i also like no you know what the only ones that like i really you can't deny are like this the cars universe doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, when you really start to analyze like a lot of it. So 
those I guess make more sense. But it's even a lot of people really nitpicked Elemental for similar reasons. Like the the universe that we are seeing is illogical. But it's like, yeah, but it's it's metaphorical. It's not supposed to be logical. Yeah. Like it's being used to make a point. It's being used to be pretty and fun for the kids while also making a very powerful emotional connection to the adults. Like that's why why elemental. It doesn't need to be that. And I, I can't argue for that. Like it could be it could be anything else almost, and it would probably make more sense in that way. But it's it's pretty and it's got a good story, and they just made stuff that, to make it work, even if it literally if it makes fun of itself you know there's scenes where like the characters kind of uh, she walks through the fence like why do they even put this up fair point it's a valid question and it, it's the movie making fun of its own bad logic but like those aren't conspiracy theories like the films have issues within that reality and are trying to make sense of our reality to its reality there's a, an issue this is just yeah. like you Gross. know it's it's Descartes. You you know I know that I exist because I you know I am aware that I'm thinking. Like it's that mindset. It's like well I know that this isn't real because this this this. It's like yeah, but those things aren't. You're you're projecting something onto what's there in an effort to make it different. And it's you know it's it's not a bad thought experiment. The problem is not everyone will take it as a thought experiment. Some people will take it as now. Oh, see, Maverick didn't happen. It's like no. No, that's not true. Like you can, uh, yeah, you can give me a bunch of reasons why you feel like it's not true, but why would they do that? Like, what would be the point yeah. of that then? Like, yeah. just let it be the movie that it is. It's rubbish. It, the, it actually, the story actually goes on to say quite funnily that where we're in in that final one, I will move on, but it says Top Gun Three could reveal Maverick imagined the ending while in a coma, but still awoke and recovered. Interestingly, to me anyway, this was how director Carrie Fukunaga originally wanted to wreck on the ending of Spectre in no time to die. Um, so original Carrie Fuganago, if he was, cause he was attached to no time to die for the longest time was going to wreck on the end of Spectre. And that's just and basically be like, you know, James Bond was in a coma. None of that happened. Mm. That would have been ballsy as hell. I mean, if people say the, the end of no time to die was ballsy, it's basically essentially wreck on a massive film like Spectre, whether it's any good or not, it doesn't matter. It was a big film to basically say, yeah, the ending was rubbish. We, I didn't like it. I'm changing it completely. Would have been very, very ballsy. Um, the, the, the story says that actually if, if he was in a coma, it would have allowed Top Gun three to take on a more realistic tone than its predecessor. Uh, right. That's enough screen rant for the day. It's enough internet for the day. I think Cathal gunning, I respect you, but close your laptop down after that please <laughs> enough is enough uh, so let's move on then jb before we fall down a rabbit hole of these bloody awful theories and let's move on to media yeah. consumption where we talk about the consumpted media we have been enjoying over the last week since the last episode so that is movies tv video games music podcasts which aren't ours anything that we've used to pass the time jb you've always got a pretty cool selection which i've been checking out well, I was I had a lot to say, but then I realized I was actually in a coma and I didn't see any of this stuff. Um, so it's 2017, we've just started the show. We just started. We just met. Uh, I, I messaged you on Twitter and you responded. Um, what do you hey. mean it's called X? Um, <laughs> so, uh, as always, I've listened to the episodes of Blank Check podcast. Uh, they just finished the Park Chan Wook series with Decision to mm -hmm. Leave. Um, they had uh, cool. the actress who plays She Hulk, Tatiana Maslani. Yes, uh, on the sh on the episode, which was great. She's really fun. Uh, she seems so down to earth, um, which is kind of the vibe I had with her on She Hulk as well. But um, and I, she's won an Emmy, I think, for Orphan Black. Like she's in a bunch of stuff. But 
mm-hmm. and they finished their series on the Oceans films on the uh, Patreon um, with Oceans 8, which, dude, I had forgot. You saw Oceans 8, right? Yes. D- do you remember how it ends? Because I oh. forgot how it ends. <laughs> yes and no, I do not remember. Your your boy, uh, J- James Corden, oh. shows up as the detective who unravels the mystery and, like, I completely <laughs> forgot he was in that movie Why until the episode. It. Yeah, I, I'm like, wow, what a what a like complete because I'm like, no, that movie's good, and the guys are like, it's good until the end. I'm like, what happens at the end? I could not for the life. Like, I know they're going to reveal the the heist because that's the ocean's formula, right? Like, we we think we know what's happening, and then there's a big reveal of all the things we didn't know. But James Corden is our guide through that process, and I was like, oh man, I really forgot about that. Um, but I'm really excited. As much as I enjoyed the Park Chan Wook series, uh, they're doing David Fincher next. Oh. And it's the first time, I think, a- as a- an active listener, because I did go back and listen to episodes because I joined a few years into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as as the episodes are coming out, I think this is the first time where I've seen the entire filmography of the filmmaker. So like, I have to do no homework in order to listen to the episodes for the first time in a while like when i when they did john carpenter last year the year before i had to watch a ton of movies even though i'd seen like the biggest carpenter films i had not seen many of the middling ones or i had not seen them in a long time um and so i did a lot of homework park chan Wook. i had a fight to see like two of his because they were never released in america um and you know and i don't mind that i like to keep up but this is like i'm like do i just rewatch some because i haven't seen the game since it came out there though isn't there to be fair that's not bad films to rewatch. oh no not at all i'm i'm very happy because i i am a huge fincher directing fan i'm currently yeah. not thrilled with some of the comments he made about the the strike but um yeah i've enjoyed yeah I, it's one of those things where he he's very fincher about it you know it's this kind of like stoic from a distance a perspective of the strike and it's like eh, don't say things like that Tone deaf. yeah but um, so that's that's the podcast uh, movies. I finally got like kind of motivated to watch some stuff. Um, I, I caught on Hulu, how to blow up a pipeline, which is from this how, year. How is this? Because somebody messaged me. Dude, my buddy messaged me and said, have you watched it? And I said, no, it's so good. It's really it's real good. Oh, um, it's on Netflix over here, I think. Yeah, the man, it's it's I like the structure of it a lot. Um, it's it's real cool. Like I, I, I liked it a lot um what's it about sorry just just for those who may not have heard of it it's a uh like a domestic terrorist group essentially um targeting a pipeline in texas uh and domestic terrorists being the term that's going to be labeled to them they they don't think of themselves as that at first but they are aware like they're they're attempting to blow up an oil pipeline uh to stop the drilling um and because they're like they're uh protesters essentially like they but they're tired Mm -hmm. of being passive um, and it's, so it's, it's, it's a, it, I wouldn't inherently call it a heist movie, but there is like heist elements. Cause you kind of like, who's the team, what are their roles on the team? And then this is instead of stealing something, they're blowing something up. Um, and you know, what are their intentions behind that? What are they trying to do and preserve? Um, and then you, you slowly get to learn who each member is and what their stakes are in the, the thing. It's really well done. Um, okay. it, it's tense, uh, man it's just it's really well performed i think sasha lane is like the biggest name in it um which she's not the main character it's it's very much an ensemble film um i feel like there's one other person who is like known but i i can't think of who it is right now um but yeah i I did like it a lot 
definitely recommend you check it out. Um, I finally watched Wally. Oh, and I had seen, I technically had watched it before, but I watched it while playing a video game on a computer. So I didn't watch it. And it's a silent film really. And at its heart, it's a silent film. Um, and you have to watch it. And man, I loved this movie so much this time because I watched it and it's, to be fair, I don't know if I would have appreciated it when I watched it the first time as a, where I was mentally, uh, this movie now with my many years of, of investing in film and old film and silent film, especially because of blank check, I watched all of Buster Keaton stuff, including his shorts, uh, or at least 20 of his shorts. I think there's more than that, but I watched 20 of them, um, where I now have a very strong appreciation of silent comedy, especially. Um, and I've, I love rom-coms and I've really grown up to appreciate musicals. So all of those little elements in the film, um, I also was not aware of some of the voice casts, like Jeff Garland being like the, the captain uh, didn't put that together. I, I know him through podcasts and stuff. He's also on like, uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. I mean, the dude does work, but he's not usually a lead. So he's technically, he's like the lead human. I mean, obviously Wally and Eva are the leads, but uh, the captain is like the human. Um, I, I enjoyed the movie so much. I, I it immediately uh, is now in my, it's technically number five. Uh, the, I put the four, the four toy story films above all, Ooh, four I love all four. I love all four. I don't know what anyone's problem is with four. I love Forky. The whole dad vibe of Woody in that film. Me. Yeah, I, I love four. Because um, no. I also was... I, I, I'm not thrilled they're making five. I wasn't thrilled that they made four. Four won me over. I I don't know if five can do it, but the, the rumors right now is that Andy and his family, because now he's a grown-up and has kids, is going to play I a guess. factor, and I'm like... You jerks! I'm I'm so into that idea. Let's do it. Uh, there are ways so, that it could be very bad, though. But um, I know we said that about four. We on this show, on yes. this show, I remember saying it, and I remember you insinuated as well that Toy Story four felt a little bit like Disney and Pixar were saying, "Make some money off this." It's a film that doesn't yeah. need to be made. It's a cash grab. We use those. I use those words. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I did. And then I watched the film and was more than happy to eat every single word I'd said because I Me very too. much enjoyed Toy Story 4. Like you, the fifth one, though, oh, is it a bridge too far? I'm not going to listen. Yeah. I'm not going to count those guys out because they've given us four fabulous films. But man, how many films can say they've got five incredibly good films in a row? Any series? Yeah. And for, but so if Wally is right now uh, number five, it might fluctuate because I, I love. I love a lot of Pixar. I am very much a Pixar. I, I'm one of the only people who didn't hate Lightyear. Um, I, I, I have lo- less <laughs> on Lightyear over time, but you know, um, but yeah, so I watched that, loved it. Um, I'm going to move these out of order because I watched Wally. Uh, I noticed hello Dolly, which I'd never seen was on Disney plus also. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this iconic musical that I know very little about. Mm-hmm. Matt, have you seen it? I have seen it. Yes. I freaking love hello Dolly. Like Barbara Streisand <laughs> is amazing in that movie. It's so much fun. I love Walter Matthau. He can't sing. No, oh, good God. No, no. Like I, I, they kind funny. of work. He only gets one song if I remember correctly. And then he kind of like just throws out some phrases in another song, but, but I love Matthau anyways. And, but Streisand I don't know if I've, I've, I've liked her and other stuff, but I love her in Hello, Dolly. Like, she is incredible in that movie. And I was so, I almost didn't watch it. I was like, I don't know if I'm in the mood for that kind of like a period musical. It was 100% in the mood for it. It pulled me in so fast. I loved 
every second. The the young couple, the 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 guys that work for him, and the the two women that run the hat store. I loved their story so much. I was completely in, engrossed in all of that. Um, Hello Dolly, wow! Did not expect to be like like should have known. Uh, but man, that one really clicked for me. I do love musicals so much more I than I used to. Sneaks up on you like that as well when you're like, "Wow, yeah. this is great!" Especially because I almost didn't. I almost was like, "No, I don't know." I'm like, "No, I'm just gonna jump in. I'm gonna watch it." And then I was like, "I'll, you know, I'll just have it on in the background." And like 20 minutes in, I had like my phone down. I was just like, "This is so much fun." <laughs> um, I mean, and I, I've been having to watch movies uh, in parts because like stuff keeps coming up, and I managed to time that one like perfectly to what I. I, I assume there had to have been an intermission, but like when it basically transitions from day to night, there's like, it's yes. like, the, it's the midpoint of the film. It was like perfect pause. I'm like, I'm gonna pause right here. Go do what I got to do. Come back. And I finish it. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, prepping for my big fat Greek wedding three. I watched number two. I didn't love two. Uh, I didn't hate it. At first have I hated it. it. No, I, I don't no. see. I think I just watched one this year. If, if, if it's not this year, I watched it last year for the first Crap, time. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah, so um, I really liked one. I I don't love the husband, like he's he is such a wet blanket. Like a, any other actor, I think would be so much more compelling than that guy. Like, and I feel like two does a bad job of trying to reset the status quo of the first film, where like uh, I forget the the main character's name, but she's like Ooh. back to not having confidence and back to you know like the, it's like you don't have to you don't have to do that. Like we could develop from where she left off instead of like resetting it and they don't fully i don't know it, it it by the end i was like all right fine it's still enjoyable because you still like the people um it's hard not to they're they're charming and it's fun it's, it's uh, true, I, I hope it's three. been seven years it's been seven years jp my and and I, I don't believe the second film was particularly well received i know it made i know it, it did well at the box office but it's been seven years why are they bring why are they doing the third one well uh the the dad's dead based on the trailer for the third one um and no. so they're going to Greece woman. and it's, it's so they can go to Greece. It's the same reason why I think equalizer three happens because equalizer three is in Italy for no reason. Yeah. No exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. They wanted just, a holiday. They wanted a holiday, which, Hey, you know what? If, if I can convince work to pay me to go somewhere, I want to go, I'm going to do right. that. Um, I'm right. But lastly, dude, I have been wanting to watch Psycho 2 and Psycho 3. Oh, exciting. Yes, go, go, go. For some time. And they've, I haven't had the, the, the drive to buy them. But it was it was maybe a year ago I found out that 2 was actually considered to be a good sequel, which I'd Very always much. written off because it's not Hitchcock, right? So I'm just like, no way. No, no, no. And all of a sudden, the other day, I get a notification at night from Letterboxd of when they add movies to state, like, uh, that I have on my watch list to streaming services that I have. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like, hey, Psycho 2 is on Peacock. I'm like, oh, snap. It's time. I'm going to finally see Psycho 2. So um, I know, when I'm looking for it on Peacock, it also says 3. I'm like, oh, maybe I should watch both. So 2 has tons of praise. 3 is very much not. But then a lot of the critics that I follow on Letterboxd had a lot of love for 3. And I'm looking at 3. And 3 is directed by, do you know who? Uh, I do not. Anthony Perkins directs three. Oh, God damn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ba- hey. Mr. Norman Bates himself. Mr. Norman Bates himself. So I'm like, well, I have to watch it. I like the people on here are like kind of like, again, it has a low score. I think it's like a 2.4 or something on Letterboxd. But, but the critics that I'm friends with on Letterboxd all had these really like four stars, five stars. And I'm like, maybe it's just like my type of like schlocky horror. So two is great. 
two uh, there are moments of two that bug me but two is definitely okay i see why it's a good sequel uh i it's blew my mind that they just reused the shower scene from psycho at the opening of the film though that is like the full <laughs> sequence is how the movie opens and the rest of the movie's in color so it's like it's not it's so jarring that you're like wow you just like you're setting yourself up for failure because you're showing one of the best edited scenes in cinema everything you do from here is not going to stand up to that you're yeah. not hitchcock right oh. but you know he they make it work there's obviously some very sequel-ish nods to hitchcock where you're trying maybe too hard to be hitchcock but the story works uh i was surprised i didn't know jennifer tilly had a sister who was an actress because um, i've never seen the big chill uh, meg meg tilly meg uh which she's the the protagonist um i was very surprised to see vera miles reprise the role uh, of uh not marion but the other crane sister um I was like, wow, they actually got married. Back. Like I knew, I knew Anthony Perkins was in all four. I yes. was surprised at the, the recasting of Vera Miles, not recasting, but the getting her back. Um, especially cause she hated Hitchcock during psycho. <laughs> so it was like, wow, she was willing to come back for psycho two. Cause he wasn't attached. Um, psycho two. Very good. Psycho three. I have not done anything. I've not read about it, but if, if Perkins didn't think I want to pull from other Hitchcock films because it opens with a nun climbing up the stairs of a tall tower, freaking out, begging for God to forgive her, and then accidentally killing another nun by pushing her off the rail. I'm like, vertigo much? Like, what is what is happening? And, dude, there's this guitar player who, like, is he's, like, driving. He picks up a hitchhiker. He ends up working at the hotel. I don't know. The actor is not anyone I recognize. I thought he was great. Like he's over the top, but he worked perfectly for me. I was on three's wavelength. Like it's Perkins is doing a lot of Hitchcock shots. There's a lot of the birds in the, in the, the back room um, that are exactly from the original psycho. They also do reference the shower scene. Like you see flashbacks of the shower scene, uh, direct, you know, reuse uh. of the footage. Um, not as blatant. It's not the whole scene uh, this time, but like there are a lot of cross cutting between it and what's happening in the present day. But man, I don't know, dude, three worked for me too. Uh, I saw four as a kid and it's always stuck with me. Um, cause pretty- four does a lot of like back stuff. Um, where like, it's like him as a young man, you see him in the mom, like what uh, you see the actual murder of the mom in the, the number four. Yes. Um, but I've never forgotten it. Uh, that's always been kind of my frame of reference until I started like becoming a, a Hitchcock aficionado and over, over I've seen psycho way too many times. Um, but yeah, I very happy that I, I took the time to watch two and three. I'd, I'd love to talk more about them if anyone has seen them and wants to talk about it. Cause I have so many thoughts, but um, have you seen them? Yes, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 you know me. I love horror films. So as soon yes. as I'd heard that Psycho Two, because you, you hear you hear Psycho Two, and I don't know about you, but I I would immediately think, oh boy, yeah, well, this is going to be a quick knockoff. It's kind of sequel to Cash In, which probably loosely based on. And I mean to be fair, the film is loosely based, uh, loosely connected. But I really liked it. I thought Psycho Two is a really satisfying follow-up is a really solid and strong follow-up actually and the third one isn't bad as well i'm i, I agree with what you're saying that it's it, it feels like a norman Bates. isn't norman Bates. that is who he is um uh who what the guy's name uh, who plays norman bates uh, anthony perkins anthony, anthony perkins yeah yeah i was like what's his name um it, it feels like he is batting from the from the hitchcock end but 
Um, who else you if that's your inspiration why wouldn't you want to and i think i think the third one is solid i think the second one is is a strong follow-up and um i'm pretty sure uh, oz perkins uh, it must be my name is anthony perkins son the director he's he's in one of those films as well uh, who's obviously gone mm. on to do his own uh carve his own niche in in cinema but uh yeah no i do enjoy those films jb so i'm glad i'm always interested to hear when somebody Certainly, the second one goes to watch that because a lot of people have that the, the classic first film in their head, and it's you know it's not going to beat that. And maybe hey, look, maybe it doesn't beat the first film, but it's a very solid follow up. Yeah, I, I was very happy with it. Um, that's it for movies, but man, I'm I'm not trying to talk for so long with consumption, but uh, it was a busy <laughs> media week. Um, I beat Dead Space, which I've been playing on PS5. It's such a good game, dude. Like, and I don't, I'm really bad with horror survival games because I get really stressed out and I prefer not to play them. And there were moments where I'm like, okay, time to stop playing. But, um, even, uh, I died the first time fighting the final boss and I was like infuriated. Cause I'm like, nope, nope, this is not, it's too hard. I'm not gonna be able to do it. And I just, I said that and then I went right back in and I beat it. Um, so like it was one of those games where even I was stressed and unhappy with parts of it because it was so like intense, but it was such a cool story and it looks so cool. Um, and it, I was playing on easy so that I'm not like, you know, I'm not good at the game, but I, I had fun with the game, which is what those settings are for. Those settings are for people who want to have the experience, maybe can't handle or aren't like going to sit there and like redo the thing. Um, definitely recommend dead space. Uh, and then David, uh, and I beat dead Island too. Remember a while back, I think it was like two or three months ago. I mentioned how he bailed on me on video games. I called him out on the podcast. And he felt compelled, and he he lived up to that. He he made an active effort. We did have we got to like the end, and then we had like a two week hiatus where we couldn't play for whatever reason. Um, and then this weekend we had some time. We're like, let's let's knock this out. And same, we uh, we almost could we died to the boss like three times, and then we we beat him. And uh, so much more fun multiplayer than if I had tried to solo that game. And it was a lot of it's a fun game if you like the other Dead Island games, um, which I have. Uh, we had a blast playing this. It's it's a lot of fun. There's some replayability for sure, but I don't know that I'm 100% going to jump back into it because, Matt, I finally, after beating those two games, I jumped on Dead, Jedi Survivor. Oh, big game. Um, It is. It's a little overwhelming of a big game where I'm just like, it feels <laughs> like there's so much to do, and I just want to, I don't know if I want to do all of this. Uh, I really like the story keeps pulling me in every time I have that thought, but then like I will get to a point where it's like, all right, we got to do these things. I'm like, but, but do I, I don't, you know, like it's so much. Yeah. And yeah, it is. And that's like, I love the uncharted series, but there were many maps where I'm like, why do I have to kill 80 people? Like it, there'd be like four, you know, if this were real, there'd be four guards and I could kill them and I could move on with my day. But instead you're going to make me sit here for an insane amount of time. And that's what this game is like. I'm like, how, how are their empire here? How, how are they here? Like, it doesn't make sense. Come on. Like, I know that you want me to have fun with the lightsaber, but I also just like the, there's a lot of platforming in this game. And I enjoy that a lot more, to be honest. I'm like, Oh, how am I going to figure out how to move around? And, um, I, the number of times I didn't realize how to activate an elevator as early in the game as I am. Cause I'll be like saying, I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And then I'll like, I'll accidentally step on the switch. I'm like, I didn't know that was a switch game. That was not obvious to me that that was a switch. Um, so stuff like that's irritating too. Cause I'm like, I, you need to indicate that that's what I'm supposed to do. Cause no, no elevator in real life 
requires me to stand on a yellow square <laughs> in the middle of it to get it to move. You know what I'm saying? Like that galaxy far, far away, John. But there's a but there's a console right next to it, Matt. That there if you, if it's not there, you have to use. Why can't I push the button on the console? <laughs> like, um, nevertheless, it's still respawn. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, the uh, the voice acting is great. I was immediately into Bodhi. Um, I think is the, oh, yeah. the yeah. Immediately, I was like, oh, I like that guy. I like that guy a lot. Let's get a show for Bodhi Disney. Um, more intriguing so far guy, than. Yeah, I mean, he's just cool, though. Like, he's just got his vibe is cool. Even, like, when he's, like, because he's clearly, like, on your side. Um, I'm, I'm real early in the game, too, by the way. Like, I, I've, I'm back with Greece, uh, and I've done the very, like, I found the, the antique droid, and I've done, like, the first spot that they make you do after that. Yes, and I'm just coming back. Um, so very early, but it, it feels like there's going to be so much. And I was hoping to beat it quickly because I want to trade it in so I can get Spider-Man two for like nothing. Cause I don't want to spend money, but I really no, have to I get Spider-Man two. So I have to beat it quickly. Um, and also on story, one's mate. coming out. Yeah, I might have to, it's not, I'm not like dying a, a lot. I mean, I've died once or twice, but it's not, it's one of those games where they, they're pretty forgiving with that. It's not like a long load time or anything, but, um, and to get through with my freaking consumption, I also have kept up with what we do in the shadows. The season has ended. I love this season. I I, I don't I haven't really paid attention to what other people are saying. I, I love this show. I think what we do in the shadows has been a masterpiece, a show that I felt there's no way they can keep this going for five seasons. They have. And halfway through season five, I'm like, this is this has to be the last season, right? Because of what's happening. Somehow they have reset in a way that I'm like, Ooh, I can't wait to see what happens next. I want season six. So, uh, it's such an incredible show. Um, and I've been keeping up with only murders in the building, except uh, I believe we're recording this on a Wednesday and I should have a new episode to watch tonight, uh, nice. which I will. Um, I, I, Matt, you still haven't watched only murders, right? Of course not. Dude. I know you don't do TV and I don't either <laughs> for the most part. Obviously that's be. not true this year. Um, but man, I love this show, dude. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and and Selena Gomez uh, are incredible. But then adding Meryl mm. Streep and Paul Rudd. That's bonkers. It's so so incredible. Um, I really recommend that show for everybody. It's a lot of fun, especially if you are into one podcast. Uh, hello, Matt. Um, and two, <laughs> uh, true crime podcast, because that's it's kind of poking fun at and also reveling in. I don't feel like it's, it's not mocking people who like the show, um, but... It also is definitely poking fun at, at some of the, the elements of that. But I've I've spoke way too much about consumption. Matt, what have you been consuming? Thankfully, not a lot, JP, but I'm always here to listen to what you've been consuming as a, as a as an author like yourself, which we'll discuss shortly. Always up for what you've been checking out. And I do need to watch more TV. I get it. I get it all the time from so many people of... Uh, whose opinion I respect or trust. There's only a small handful, of course, and of course, JB's one of them, who say, why aren't you watching this? You've got to watch this. You've got to watch this. Oh, I haven't got time for TV. A new Star Wars show? I'll watch that. Can't help it. I'm, I'm, I'm bad. I'll kick off there. I watched episode four, sorry, part four. It's part four of Ahsoka. That came out today as we're recording. It actually came out. Actually, in, 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 it's, it's now been moved. It comes out in the United States on a Tuesday, so they can mark it, hashtag Tano Tuesday social media thank you which now means it comes out at 2 a.m in the uk rather than 8 a.m which was great for spoilers because i could wake up not have it spoiled you know have a shower watch it and not be spoiled now we'll wake up and wake up in the morning and there's images everywhere and 
part four is extremely spoilerific in terms of what yes. happens and major moments. You know, it's, I know so many people have had it spoiled for them, and I know, and everyone says, "Oh, stay, stay on, stay off the internet." Uh, no, <laughs> basically, you know, you, you it, it works both ways. You can tell me, "Oh, don't come online if you don't want to be spoiled," and I could turn around and say, "Don't be a jerk and spoil it for people who haven't seen it." Some people's job involves social media. Um, that said, I thought part four was a blast. It is. Uh, I thought the last last week's one was pretty good. I thought it was all right. This one was a blast. This is everything a Star Wars fan wants in this episode. I think I gave it on the start on Star Wars sessions. Uh, and I think I gave it nine out of 10, uh, oh, which is the highest of the season because again, no spoilers. You get a ton of light as saber action, a ton. And it isn't just thwack, thwack, smash. There is the, the, the whole series. It's Dave Filoni, the whole series, a, a, a la George Lucas. It takes vast influence from, not just Kurosawa, but you know, but uh, Eastern cinema. The, the 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 battles have almost like an honor code. There's a lots of kind of long shots of the of the combatants as they get into their stance, size the other one up, have a few swings, step back, literally ten five steps back, change stance on the fly because they it's very kind of a, a deliberately paced and it really works quite well in this setting. Um, yeah. There's a lot of lightsaber, but there also are some couple of lightsaber fights which are smash bang wallop, which are great. Um, there's you know gr- uh, cool cool moments of ships, cool uh, very very much a cliffhanger at the end of it. Um, loads and loads of things that happen, which kind of make you think, yeah, this is when people say I want Star Wars, this is what they mean. This particular episode, there's so much that happens that is like, yep, but it doesn't feel callbacky. It doesn't feel like ah. That's that moment from uh, New Hope. Oh, that reminds me of the moment from Return of the... None of that. It's it's its own thing, but it just inherently feels like those swashbuckling Star Wars adventures that make you smile and think, this is what I'm here for. As much as I think Andor is fantastic, you do sometimes need an episode like this where you think, yeah, I just want to see people thwacking each other with lightsabers and droids punching each other. It's great. Uh, So I really enjoyed this one. Next week's one, part five, just to jump on that, uh, is directed by Filoni, who alongside Lucas came out of the character and in a fairly unprecedented part five of an eight part series is getting a cinematic release. Very limited. They are having special screenings of next week's episode in select screenings in the United States and in London as well. I'm not going cause it's 10 PM. My time it comes out in a few hours. I watch it in the morning. It's fine. But whatever happens next week is good enough for Disney and everyone to think, yeah, we're putting this one on the big screen. Uh, I've, I haven't known a show to do that before, Marvel, Star Wars, or anything else. So hopefully they're give, they're building up something pretty good. And even after that, we've got three episodes to go. But yeah, part four of Ahsoka, I actually thought it was very, very good. Um, in terms of what I've been listening to, JB, um, horror, again, very much like yourself, I'm very predictable in that sense. I've been listening, I listened yeah. to the horror show where they spoke about the 1983, I think, Slash and Night School, which is crap. Um, but it's fun to hear people tear it apart. And uh, Nightmare on Film Street, where they spoke about the 1983 sl- um, horror, A Blade in the Dark, which is crap. So, But it's fun to listen to people uh, rip them apart or, or, or constructively. So I've been listening to that and double toasted again. Uh, in terms of films, though, JB, I, I've really fancied watching Megan um, because Megan kicks ass. She's great. And somebody was talking about it at work, I think, was saying how much fun they had with it. And it was a, just a cool, silly horror film. I was like, yeah, I fancy watching that. And then of all people, my daughter, who's seven, we went shopping the other day and she, on beginning of the week and she saw Megan and she's like on the, on the she just saw like a picture and she said, oh, it's Megan. So of course I've sort of bristled. 
as you know, that is. What are you watching? We, what's going on with this? She's, and apparently she just saw like a YouTube on YouTube or a video with Megan's face on or something. Didn't watch it. I was like, oh god. She went very it's... viral, the the dance. Hundred percent. Yeah. She goes, can we watch? Her? I was like, Meh, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> actually, to be fair, you could probably. I wouldn't because I'm responsible. Of course, probably would. But uh, you could get away with watching the theatrical cut. That's fairly you know fairly tame in comparison yeah. cover your eyes a few times but the unrated one's a little bit more brutal but i just fancied watching megan i don't often go back you know me like you i'm very forward thinking sometimes just want to watch what's coming out but fancy watching megan uh but i did watch a new horror film in fact i actually only got back from watching it about two about an hour and a half two hours ago uh, it's cobweb the uh latest horror film i think it's the directorial debut i believe of samuel bodin this one stars Anthony Starr, uh, Homelander himself, uh, Lizzie oh. Claplan and uh, Woody Norman, a few other people, Cleopatra Coleman as well. And I quite enjoyed it, actually. It's funny because it starts off the, the halfway through, I thought, I don't know what the hype is. I'm really sure I'm vibing with this. It just seems like every other uh, child has you know child sees his things go bump in the dark and the parents are a little bit weird and they don't quite believe him and then for some reason a substitute teacher takes a really big interest in helping him i've seen this before but it came apparent 60 percent of the way through that that the film is all knowing all seeing and all knowing knows exactly what it's doing and then it kind of jumps into something else it's not quite your barbarian level of twist but it jumps into something else and it becomes something else and it ramps up that kind of b-moviness a little bit more and i quite enjoyed it actually so it, originally i thought no, it's holding me at arm's length i'm not the biggest fan i enjoyed it it's not the best horror film i've seen all year which I, some people have said it is i don't think it mm. is i think it's very very solid though I've quite, I, I would recommend it why because it's an hour and 28 minutes long absolutely i i, I watched this i took my mum to see it because she loves horror films film started at quarter to seven by 10 past eight we're out fantastic um and it's pretty good anthony star uh, lizzie kaplan lizzie kaplan sorry she's very good and i think she's 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 embracing it she's chewing the scenery and having a great time anthony star is solid i think he's solid in everything he's in really but my man all i can see is homelander it's so bad i just yeah. see homelander especially some of the shots where he's got a or, or moments where he's got to come across as a you know bit evil or is he or isn't he the good guy like, my man it's just homelander but it's not a bad thing homelander's uh, well homeland as a person isn't cool but the character and the idea people love homelander uh but yeah anthony star very decent cobweb decent no, i quite enjoyed it i would recommend it jb it's not the best horror film i've seen all year but it's better than a lot of the other things i've seen this yeah it was, year. It was not on my radar so i will i'm adding it now aaron 28 minutes long as well but uh, yeah i mean may, maybe you'll watch it and get it straight away but it felt like i was like this is tropey as hell man i i just don't know where this is going it's there's no it's it always, nothing good working for it, but it, 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 it upsets up. me when I say it's, it's not on my radar and then I go to add it to my watch list and it's already on my it watch is. list. And I'm like, well, forgot about this one already. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It seems pretty mixed on, on letterbox, but only 88 minutes. I think you said so. Yeah. And that's, uh, <laughs> that was uh, very exciting. So I've had my popcorn and Pepsi for the night. I'm doing very well because of it, but um so, so, you know, the film itself may not have been bloody awesome, but in order to do this show, we have to remain bloody awesome. Each week, we have to ensure our bloody awesome-ometer is at full capacity. So, JV, how have you been staying bloody awesome this week? Well, sir, um, I as I mentioned last week, that I was changing careers, so this was my last uh, week at my job. In fact, yesterday, 
was my last day, um, which I have not quit a job in quite some time, 13 years. Uh, so it was hard to, um, to say goodbye to my students, especially, uh, they were unabashedly kind. Um, the amount of love and support also, cause they were, while they're sad that I'm leaving, they were all, we're so proud that you were able to do this, that you got the job that you wanted, you know, like they didn't have to be that way. And they were, which only made it harder in some ways. Um, Matt, I will say, uh, there are, there are moments in my teaching career where I wish my lecture, I wish my speech, which are always impromptu, uh, were recorded. Um, because I, I think I nailed it. You know what I'm saying? And, um, one of my students in my seventh period, seventh period, we see every day. And this is a class that I was, it was two different groups of my students mixed together this year. So like some had had me for two years and this was their third year with me. And some had had me for just one year and this would have been their second year with me, but either way, they all have had me before. So there was a lot of connection with that class and I've seen them every day this year. And I would have seen them every day going forward had I not left. And so there was a lot of emotional uh, stakes in that particular room. Um, And one of the students yesterday was understandably like whoever they get, you know, it's not going to be you. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't, I'm like, please don't have like one, they, they shouldn't be me. They should be them. And and you shouldn't expect them to be me. Um, and you know, went through this whole thing and it got very emotional. Um, cause, uh, like where I, I started tearing up for the first time I really teared up in front of them and they could tell, and that made them tear up. Um, and I'm, I'm a, the bell is getting ready to ring, right? Like, it's like one minute till the last bell of, of my time at the school, um, so I like, I walk up to the door, I have my back to the door and I say my final thought and I'm looking at the room and I know, th- I know the bell's close and I look across the room and I'm like, and keep watching movies. Yes. Um, which I, I say on this show and I've said on every podcast I've been a part of, uh, my entire time as a podcaster. Um, and I've never thought about, like, I've always known why I say it, but for me, Film is a love language, right? Movie Sharing movies, talking about films, I do with people I care about. And it's one of the reasons why I have such a close relationship to my students. So when I say keep watching movies, it is like saying I love you. It's like saying that sentiment to people. So I say that uh, yesterday, both meaning I want them to keep watching movies. It is what we've spent three years doing or two years doing. Don't walk away from this just because I'm leaving because it's not, I'm not leaving film. Uh, and films are not gone because I'm not teaching them. They still have every ounce of importance that I've said they have. Um, so I, I mean all those things, but I also mean to them, I love them, but the bell doesn't ring when I finish my line, right? There's still some time left. So I'm standing there in silence. I'm trying not to cry there. Some of them are crying. Some of them are trying not to cry and to break the tension. Cause the bell hasn't rung yet. I'm like, what if I just walked out right now? Like, I'm like, what if I just left? Like before the bell ring, before you guys are allowed to leave, I just left and you know, it cracked them up. Cause that's a very movie like, situation right where the person just does something that they're not supposed to do um i don't do that i stayed until the bell but then uh you know all of them shook my hand on their way out it very much had a uh, dead poet society kind of vibe of like my captain my captain and someone was like you should have had a song playing i was like uh don't you forget about me from breakfast club is what i should have been playing how (laughs) dare i not have that blaring um harold you know lloyd style i should have had it on a boombox from you know say anything and then uh that's right um but yeah so it was it was emotional but 
for the best. Um, as much as sad as I am to leave my students, the the I started the new job today, and it, it's it immediately feels like what I've been needing as far as my mental health and my professional growth. I think there's a lot of room for me to expand and stretch my academic nature. Um, I hope one day to expand into film at the college level, but for now I'm very intent teaching computer uh, courses. So that's how I've been saying bloody awesome, my friend. Uh, and thank you, Matt, for all of the support through my transition. Cause you have been one of my best friends uh, over the last seven years. And it's wild to say that since we have never seen each other in person, but um, I guess, you know, when you, when you have a connection, it doesn't matter how far or how big of an ocean between uh, the connection stands. So thank you for that. No, anything to help my buddy JB and to see uh, what you've been posting on Instagram and the messages you've WhatsApped over. I said to you yesterday, I was looking at the um, collection of gifts and kind words, even in the comments. I read the comments and I thought, I said to you, I said, damn, I'm not even the teacher and it's getting me what choked up. Just, uh, you know, it's nice to see some positivity and outpouring mm-hmm. of positivity because I would say, we, myself and John, we, we, we've been doing this show for best part of six years now. We speak off air. Every day we do movie quizzes. We just chat about donuts or whatever it may be. Um, so I know, you know, I know. You know it, 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 I've spoken to JB when things have been glum here, and JB's done the same. And it's been a tough time. So to hear that it's been um, the transition has been successful. It's been worth it. Everything seems to be in a positive place. And whilst it was sad to leave your your school and your students, who I know you're very fond of, what a way to go out, hey? As well, you've yeah. you've said your line. And then you're waiting and nothing happens and oh, oh crap. Now I've got to drop a zinger. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's no, very, very cool to hear JP and long may it continue. Um, sadly, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, John, I just bought an air fryer. <laughs> hey, that, 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 that is my retort to yours. You say it's an emotional thing. I am unbelievably proud that you have an air fryer. Air fryers are the best thing ever. Yes. So is this your first yes. one? Yes, it's uh, I am an air fryer virgin, and it's oh. because of because of what you've just said. Everybody and their nan has said. I just hear people saying, "Oh, these things are great." Uh, you, you use an X amount of oil, and everything comes out great. It's fully cooked, and it's you know overcooked. I'm like, surely it can't be that good. So I was walking past a, a store whilst I was at work, as you know, it was payday last week, and I saw one at a good price. I thought, ah. Oh, that's not bad it was you know they say it's half price and i think it was it was it really 130 odd quid or 150 bucks before i thought you know i'm not being suckered in by the because it, it, it was down to like 60 59.99 to 60 pounds no 70 75 bucks so i thought i'm not being suckered into this anyone could say that so somebody like me a sucker like me walks past and thinks oh half price i'll get it so i went online it turns out that the original price was in fact 130 odd 140 odd pounds and they had halved it i was like damn that's not bad too late for me to go and get one now i'm back at work uh so i went back the day before yesterday or this week some point to get it and even the lady who served me she said oh you know i've got one of these and it's great and I said, you, you guys, everyone's hyping this up. It better be good. Then she scanned it, and it was ten pounds cheaper than it should have been. Like this is a this is the best day ever, as Barbie said, <laughs> which is now the biggest film of the year. Uh, so I have I haven't used it. yet. I'm going to use it tomorrow, just because by the time I finished work today, it was literally home, it was actually work straight out the door to watch Cobweb back in. Uh, so I had a nominal meal. Whereas tomorrow, going to 
everybody says chicken wings or something like that. That's what I'm going for to start with. Let's keep it classic. Uh, go with the chicken. But yeah, I'm very excited. But it's a big step up for me, JB, in the culinary world. Everybody has said these things are um, the Mac Daddy of the cook- cooking world. So I'm high hopes now. I, I think you will not be disappointed, sir. I, I use, I probably use my air fryer like every other day, if not every day. Like it is sometimes wow. just for fries, but like I have made meatloaf in the air fryer. I've made uh, just the other day. I made chicken teriyaki thighs. Um, like we, we, we use the air fryer in this house quite a bit. So. Damn. Well, that makes me even more. You have to give me JB sends me what he eats quite a lot um, because he knows I like food. Now you're going to send me some uh, air fryer stuff and recipes because I'm going to, I'm going to need them. And how many times have I used an air fryer before today? None. I thought you were going to say none too. Huh, funny that, because that's awful, because that is what we're reviewing next week. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast with the Equalizer 3. We're taking a step back for next week and only doing a second installment of The Nun, The Nun 2, which also describes my expectations for the films, None. Um, And Sean has None 2. We're going to go on for this. But um, yeah, The Nun 2 is our film for next week. We joked off air that from a couple of weeks ago until about the mid-october it is a pretty tough run of major film releases uh, in terms of potential quality of them but we're going to get through it for you guys so let us know what you thought about the equalizer three were you up on it down on it or like us fine with it let us know on twitter or x at bamp underscore podcast b-a-m-p underscore podcast jb where are we on instagram bloody awesome movie pod and technically we're on threads but i have almost forgotten that exists so i am with you on that we will also be on blue sky but nobody uses it so i'm thinking about we've got it i have an invite code because i'm on it but uh, maybe we'll be on that soon check it out i don't know probably won't be we're also on facebook at bloody awesome movie podcast uh you are equalizer three reviews what you've just heard we are going to be adding that to the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes. We have not been paid to do that. And so maybe it'll go up or down compared to what it is at the minute. If you want to talk to me about films, you can do it at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or just search what I watch tonight across all of the socials, including Letterboxd. And John, if people want to talk psycho or any films with you, where can I find you? You can find me at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. Yes, sir. And if you enjoy what we're doing here, and we really hope you are, please do drop us a five star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice. Now it only takes a few uh, a few seconds. You just scroll up, press those five stars, and you're done. And you don't even have to stop listening to us whilst you do it. We would really appreciate you doing that. Gets more listeners in, helps the show grow. We will get to hear from more film fans each and every week. But with that, as always, stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. Wouldn't it be funny if I just left now?